the first Skype noise sounds like like I want to start singing the Mario Brothers song. <laughs> yes, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Welcome to the Eschatology Podcast. I'm Cliff, and I'm with Ben Zimmerman. Ben, since we're a car audio podcast and we do competitions and such, do you know of anything that happened this past weekend? I didn't sleep much. I know that. <laughs> I don't think anybody did. <laughs> I I think it was that the biggest car audio event of the year and some type of record or something for attendance for one of the organizations. That sounds that about be, right. That being Mecca this year had a an intense showing of sound quality vehicles. Uh, that's correct. I think Iaska wasn't too far behind either. Obviously, they've had bigger in the past since they've been around a little bit longer. But yeah, it was a really, really strong weekend. This is your, what, third year competing at finals? It was my third year at finals, yeah. Okay. Did we happen to get a combined number of SQ cars between the organizations? That I do not know offhand, no. I'd, I'd like to see somebody compile that list because I'll bet there were, I'll bet there had to have been at least high 90s, if not 100 cars yeah, I was, for sound quality. I was going to say it had to be really close to 100 because obviously right. there were some in Iaska that did not compete Mecca and vice versa. I know Mecca had around 80-ish, and I think Iaska in just INAC had around 60-ish plus the 3X. Yeah, it, it had to be around 100 cars. It was, a, it was a lot compared to previous years. A lot of familiar faces, a lot of new faces, and that was really cool. Absolutely. A lot of them carried over from people that we saw a year in the eschaeology scene with the various shows that we did throughout the year and lots of different locations. When you when you're able to go to more shows during the year and then you get to finals, it's nice whether they're, you know, someone who's a teammate or someone who you've been competing against all year or, or what have you. It's it's always nicer to have familiar faces versus, you know, just showing up and being a army of one. And I know you were busy doing administrative stuff, crunching numbers all weekend. I don't know if you got to walk around and listen to any vehicles at all. But Sunday, my judging got done early and I was able to walk around and man, I, I probably listened to at least 20 cars and I didn't listen to a bad car at all. I know everybody who was there brought their A game. So it was it was a it was a slew of really close points between the cars and and like i said none of them were bad at least none of the ones i listened to yeah it seemed to be really tight both in the judging itself and the cars as well uh, I, like you said i was stuck in the back room adding up score sheets the whole time but i got a real good feeling for what was happening you know what people were hearing at least even if not directly but there was a lot of scores that were either tied and broke by tonality some had to be broken by staging. Some were tied for overall and tonality. And there was at least two that I remember like that. Really? And there was a, an ultimate. We had uh, Chad Bowie and Chris Lacombe were within, I think, half a point. And there was quite a few in pro, pro pretty much every class. There was at least a few that were within a point. Um, I think I added up on the Iaska side. There was around 20 scores where car to car, they were within a point of each other, really tight margins. And when you're talking about top three and they're all within a point of each other, I mean, that's anybody's given race. I mean, that's if we could, I mean, get first to every single one, because I mean, that's pretty awesome. I totally agree. It was cool to see a lot of the cars that you hear all season about, you know, a lot of these 
people go to the big events and you don't see them at our you know smaller events and but you hear about these cars and and then you finally get the chance to hear them and you're like wow that's you see why people are talking about them all year absolutely and i had the opportunity to be at those bigger shows and judge most of these cars before they got here but it's neat to see you know some of them that were struggling throughout the year that really blossomed at the end and and kind of were able to overtake some of the cars that were doing really well all season yeah it was it was definitely one of the one of the better finals that i remember as far as overall camaraderie there wasn't a lot of drama or anything like that it just seemed to go really well and i definitely encourage anybody who hasn't been able to come to a finals event either at all or recently to definitely see what they can do to get there next year because i think we've got a really good thing going right now you know i i saw quite a few spectators walking around um i, w- I was kind of surprised I'm, I'm trying to think back the last there were some spectators but but this year i had several people walk by the area i was in and and they were just asking you know can i hear the car we're just here to check things out i saw one guy had brought his two little kids and he was walking around listening to stuff with the kids, and it was just cool to see that the interest is growing, I think, significantly. I definitely agree across the board. What was the feeling for you, you know, being your third finals? I mean, obviously, when we compete, we obviously compete seriously. At the same time, you were competing your daily driver, not your premier competition vehicle. But what was your overall feeling after three years of doing this? I mean, were you... More excited, was, less excited, it, more anxious. Well, I, I was excited, but I was excited. Uh, I, I knew my truck wasn't going to be, you know, a show winner. And and I went into it with that in mind. And for me, that kind of relieved a lot of the pressure. I, I actually enjoyed it a lot more this year than I did the past couple of years because I could just kind of relax and and not have that. Oh, my God, I got to win. And, you know, it right. was it was it was a good time. I, I really thoroughly enjoyed it. And it, it goes by too fast. Absolutely. I, I'll say that for sure. My whole weekend was hearing feedback from judges, which was, our, I mean, the locker room talk, quote unquote, you know, was really good. I mean, all weekend. I mean, there was no, man, this car stunk or, boy, I don't wonder what this guy was doing. There was no, there was, like I said, there was very, very little drama, very little discussion as far as that goes. I think all the right. judges were in good spirits. We're having fun. Good. There was lots of good conversation there with everybody helping each other and what was what what do you think the perception from the competitor side was as far as the judging and the flow and everything like that throughout the weekend i i think it went really well i I think everybody had the same frustration um and that being you never know when that judge is going to come knocking at your window right so it's kind of one of those things where it's it's you just sitting around and waiting um, which for me, Saturday was 100% the case. I, I was just real close to my truck the whole time and just waiting for the judges to come by. Finally, early evening on Saturday, they told me they weren't going to judge my Mecca class until Sunday morning. So that relieved me a little bit Saturday evening to have some freedom. But I don't know. I, I guess if there's an improvement to be made, it's it's in the scheduling of judging to give the competitors the opportunity to get away from their vehicle and experience the event um, more than their little group of cars around them i agree with that completely you know at least having a you're going to be in the morning you're going to be midday you're going to be afternoon i think would help Um, right i think it's hard to gauge just because for example at our shows we've dealt with our judges that we work with a lot 
at finals. Sometimes they haven't they either haven't worked with the judge all year or things are in a different order or, you know, there's so many things that could be going on. Plus with Mecca and Iaska combined, which we do at our shows as well, but you know, mm-hmm. you might an expert, you know, at our shows, an expert has one judge here. There's four. Typically at our shows, there's one Mecca judge here. There's three. So when you have seven people going through a vehicle, not including three X yet. So there's right. another, well, at least two, and then the 2X in Mecca this year, they also did as well. And I think poor Kyle, I think he had some, like 60-something cars to do. I'll tell you what, he had fun with it, though. Oh, I, yeah. I watched his face the entire—I've I, 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 never really met Kyle in person before this. And, and I'm, because he was a judge, I didn't really talk to him a whole lot anyway. But right. I could tell that he was enjoying himself. That's for sure. And you know how it is with like the 2X and 3X people keep adding on. So oh, yeah. it wasn't right. like this was all set in stone at the beginning of the weekend. He came in with like 25 cars and I think he ended up with 60 something. And you know, every time he come in and they'd say, Hey, you, here, here's the revised list. And he just laugh and all right. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he got to the point where it was a challenge. I mean, how much can you throw yeah. my way? And he was still actually done ahead. And then he went on to, I believe judge par the, the two seat cars as well with someone else. So yeah, right. he, and we're talking about Kyle Ragsdale, but yeah. um, yeah, I mean he 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 put in a load over the weekend. I've been there, and I know I'm sure he was exhausted. He didn't want to look at another car, and <laughs> you know people are then questioning his scores and everything else. I'm like, dude, the, the guy was just got in and wrote down numbers. Come on, <laughs> I mean, <yeah. laughs> because that's how we do it. Sometimes before we listen. <laughs> no, I, I totally know. Joking. I mean, Kyle's got a good ear, and I know he. I know he put in, but when you've got that many cars, it's hard to give every yeah. car the attention that deserves. So the two X and three X shows at, at, you know, finals is the first show of the year, basically for 2018. And they're mostly for points and to get a little bit extra feedback and stuff at the event. So, I mean, it's, it's right. good to do, but you know, I wouldn't put a whole lot of credit into it for the, the coming year just because it's got to get the job done. But I think overall, it all went really well. Mecca has a lot more cars than in previous years. They had two judging staffs of three each. And from those, they also had install judging to be done. Yeah. Um, I think awards for the Mecca finals started around like 12-15. Am I right? That may have been another record Mecca set this year. <laughs> the, the, the latest ever award ceremony. I think Perry still holds that. Um, okay. But yeah, it, it's... And that was a while back, but yeah, it, okay. it was definitely very close to that. Again, you know, credit where credit's due. They did, they took every car seriously. They did everything the way they're supposed to do and they did it by the book. And when you have, again, I forget the actual number, but I think it was around 80 cars with three judges going in each one, regardless, it's going to make for a long day. And they, they did, you know, they were working Friday night. They were working Saturday night till like 10 o'clock. They were back in there at, six or seven Sunday morning. I mean, it was a long weekend for everybody doing that. And it's yeah, not like sure. anybody's nobody's I'll making t- bank off of working that weekend. <laughs> so, you know, it's, people, I, I, it seemed to me on my ask aside anyway, most of the judges this year seem to be looking for kind of a fun, lively character to the, the system. In addition to being technically correct, it, it seemed like they wanted a little bit more life to things. Maybe a couple judges um, were looking for a, a real neutral super technical sound but i think the bulk of them were really looking for you know the type of tune that we like and that's 
not in your face and obnoxious, but it's it, it's a little bit more livelier than a dry, super technical type of sound. Yeah, and, and actually this discussion came up a couple times over the weekend at our end. And it? it was it was interesting to hear some of the judge's explanation of it because when you're judging, you want to be consistent. You want other people to agree with what you're saying. And if they don't, then it's it's as maddening for the the judges as it is the competitors because we're going, well, we're all hopefully hearing the same thing. Now it's not always true. Obviously body size, height, right. um, you know, position in the vehicle, whether the, the competitor retuned the vehicle in between judgings, whether something got blown voltage. I mean, I could get in a vehicle and get back in the same vehicle, even my own vehicle two hours later and probably still scored a little bit differently because things are constantly changing. Yeah. Um, you know, if, how hungry you are, how the barometric pressure. I mean, there's so many the things. Tem- tem- temperature of the amps. Absolutely. You know, I, I, yeah. I ran into that with somebody this weekend. It was, it was the first time I had encountered that. It was a scenario where the image was getting kind of drifty. Um, it, it was mostly where it was supposed to be, but when I ran through some of my technical test stuff, it, it kind of drifted a little bit, not not much, but a little bit enough for me to notice, and I ran through it and, and kind of ran some tests, and, and it confirmed what I was hearing. So then I I had that competitor hop in the vehicle with me in the driver's seat and, and confirm that he heard what I heard, and he's like, yeah. He's like, I, I, I hear it. So yesterday, he sent me a, a note and said, you know, I ran through that same stuff, and now it's perfect. So we, we talked about it a little bit and trying to figure out, okay, what, why? And he and and then he said, you know, my amps were super hot. Yeah. So I, it, it's just one of those things, you know, electronics kind of vary on temperature and, right. you know, sound changes based on humidity, temperature. I mean, there's all kinds of variances, so you never know. Beyond that, where the, where the big swings seemed to happen was... You could kind of tell the people who, if you if you asked most of them their, their background, you could kind of quickly tell the difference in scoring based on where their primary reference is coming right. from. Hey, um, we've talked about that all year. Right. All, but it's, it's all about your reference. But, you know, I can't hit on it hard enough. It seems like every serious conversation that comes up on this, on why the differences between Mecca and Iaska, why the differences between judges, why this, why that, why that, what? It all comes down to reference. And it's not yeah. anything bad, but it seems like the two, I'm not, this isn't to say that some guy is listening on bad Beats headphones or whatever and versus reference, you know, orchestra that's in his living room. The primary difference seems to come between those who are looking for a more studio sound very dry, closed, um, technical, precise, you know, uh, obviously electronics-driven reproduction of the sound, which is what we're doing. So I was around studio and live. I was both a musician and in the studio all the time. But for what we're doing, we're reproducing the music. We're not reinforcing it. That's a good way to put it. In my opinion, we should be closer to the studio sound. But that's not everybody's reference. You know, a lot of these guys who their reference is primarily live music. Or you take a drummer, for example. I use this example all the time. If you're a drummer and your reference is behind the set, it's going to have a very different tonal quality yeah. than if you're a listener in front of yep. the set. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of those kinds of things you have to take in account 
when looking at these things. And I, I'm not really sure what the answer is there, if there's an answer, if it's worth having an answer, but at very least it's an added explanation beyond that guy just doesn't like me or that guy really likes me. You know, that seems to a lot of the a lot of the carryover after an event almost always tends to be a projection somewhere or a deflection of he's biased or he listened at the wrong time or they should have done it in this order or and all those things might be valid but when you're judging when you're in that you know you've you've done some judging but like when you're like Kyle and you've got that hat on and you've got uh-huh. 65 cars to do this weekend you're really not thinking about who you like who you don't like what equipment they have or anything else you're sitting down in the car listening to what's there doing your best interpretation to get that into numbers on a score sheet and get the next vehicle done. And that's a good thing, in my opinion, because you're not thinking about all that. And I have to take my hat off to all the judges for doing that, because I'll tell you, in listening to the cars that I did, I would not want to be a judge. <laughs> I, <laughs> not at that event. <laughs> they, were, they were just too close. <laughs> yeah. And th- and that's where it gets hard. And, and again, how do we widen that up? Philosophical conversation more than anything. But first off, it's all about perspective. When you walk away from the event obviously if you walk away with a championship yay everybody loved me my system was awesome i did great there's all those feelings when you walk away with second place it's man i was one point away which was in a lot of cases that one was point the case. yeah um yeah. you know so i was one one point away if i'd done this one thing if i'd done this one thing if, if i had seated the judge better if i'd done this that whatever you know if if that one point comes down to system control you know having a remote control or steering remote controls or not that's a real heartbreaker <laughs> right no <laughs> yeah because that that's a objective viewpoint right you you can drive yourselves nuts when you're in that second spot and you're one point away but don't and you're in that third spot I tell a lot of people after a show is consider yourself or going into a show you know get yourself in the perspective of being the bronze medalist because, and I think it's Derek Sivers that did an essay on this a while back that really kind of struck me. But you know, when you're in that second spot, like we've seen you're, your point away and it's so frustrating because you want to see all those ways you could get that point back or if that guy wasn't there or anything. But then when you look at, when you go in with the bronze medalist third place perspective, you're just grateful. You're a point ahead of the fourth place guy. I got, and, on, and I think I got on the podium. And, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, some of my friends, I, I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like, hey, I, I don't care if I win the thing. I would just like to podium. Right. You know, and that's and I'll, one of the Mecca judges got out of my truck and he gave me a, you know, a, a poker face and gave me nothing at all. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I said, I was like, so you got any feedback at all? And he looked at me and he says, not everybody gets a podium placement and walked away. <laughs> nice. <laughs> No, I I, I about fell over. It was the funniest (laughs) thing I heard all weekend. Nice. And and again, what I said at the beginning, I think anybody there that was even top five, but in a lot of cases, top three, you know, when there was 13, 14, 15, 16 people in a class, which isn't a lot by yesteryear's standards, but by today's standards, that's a lot of cars. And it's not like there's two good ones and the rest are not good. Um, you know, you can go pretty deep in that pack in a lot of those classes and find some really good cars. Yeah, um, absolutely. And I would say that was true in every single class. Uh, 
either based on personal experience or based on the score sheets that I saw coming across, the judges had it rough. If you came out top three, you might as well call that a championship. I know it's hard to say that, but there's a lot of good cars. It's really tight, and it's somebody. It's it's awesome when it's like that, though. I mean, yeah. that that means we're doing something right. We're promoting SQ. People are learning. They're on the internet. They're talking to their friends. They're doing their research. They're figuring out how to use their processor when the scores are that tight and so many cars are so close to each other. Um, you know, everybody's progressing. So that's I, I like to see that. No, absolutely. And it was good to see, too. I mean, there were some cars there that obviously were not there. But at the same time, I mean, those guys were the ones having the most fun all weekend. It was great. Yeah, and they, they still weren't bad cars. I, maybe there were some bad cars there that I, I I didn't listen to any. But but the difference between hey you your car blends in with everybody else's and then the standouts for me it, it was real tough. Like they were all just that good and that close. Absolutely, really good weekend. I think everybody came out really well. No drama to speak of. At least nothing that not yet. At least Doesn't that, the drama happen the week after finals? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> it, it usually happens about now, but at least you know there wasn't. I think there was there was one placement um, that got reversed, but it was you know in a there was two guys in the class, and both of them are good guys and easygoing, so it wasn't right. it wasn't a big deal. We we didn't see the cops come out with tasers at our event. No, that's good. No. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a plus. And actually, SPL was wrapped up before any of sound quality. Yeah, I saw them all walking through with their trophies right. early Sunday. And I was like, "Hey, bye." <laughs> yeah, that's not this is not how this is supposed to work. Right. But that's good. To shift gears slightly, we also quietly gave away some goodies during the weekend to the top ten of the Eschiology points race. We tried to be quiet about it, right? It, it, but it, well, and I, I say quietly because uh, it wasn't our I, event. I well, no, 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 because yeah. I was in the back room, so I wasn't even there when you know the prizes were handed out. Uh-huh. And I came out to ask one of the judges something, and as I'm walking through, I think eight people stopped me and go, "Man, you guys are all having some fun over there. What's up with all the clapping and hooping and hollering?" <laughs> we tried to be quiet so about it. It was a, it, it was essentially the worst kept secret. In the history of mankind, <laughs> which, as you know, the quickest way to spread something is to tell everybody not to talk about it. And that's, you right. know, that's when it gets going. And just to, to reiterate, um, we wanted to take absolutely nothing away from Ayaska and Mecca's event and what was going on. We just had a, a handful of awards that we wanted to give out and we knew everybody would be there. So we tried to quietly get everybody together and, and give them their awards. But, well, uh, and, and, yeah. and I mean, Aska and Mecca are a, a gigantic part. I mean, our 95% of what we do during, oh, yeah, during the events. So, I mean, without them, we wouldn't be doing anything. Right, right. So it was, it was really, and a lot of, you know, there was more than a few cars that were at finals because of Eschiology events, which is awesome to see. Um, you know, it's one of those yeah. things where our biggest, our biggest thing here is to have fun and get people involved and hang out and do stuff. And it was fun to be able to, I mean, we had close to, you know, retail level, close to $5,000 worth of prizes to give away to the top 10, which was, I thought, incredible. It was great of the manufacturers who have stepped up. We had a, a Sony GS9 high-res unit, which we've obviously talked about pretty much every podcast. We had a set of Illusion Audio uh, from Orca, the uh, CX3 
uh, components, which are a great little component speaker set. Uh, we had a hybrid audio Unity five-channel amplifier. We had a Zapco um, 2000 watt monoblock Z-series amplifier, which again, great beast Super of an price. amp. Yeah, yeah. What else do we have? There was an audio control DSP. That's right. Audio control DSP. We have some sound, sound skins. Sound we skins in a tube of of their deadener. We have some uh, excess power battery kit. Yep, yep. And is that it? I think so. I feel so. like I'm missing something. Why don't you have a list? You should have a list for this. I, well, I should. <laughs> and I'm, I was, I, I I was going to make that list about God, a dozen times. But, but anyway, right. and, and also, I mean, on that. There's an Audio Frog sub. That's right. Uh, the yeah, Audio Frog the GB12. GB12. Yeah. Um, that's, that's right. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, there is, each one of those prizes is, is well in excess of 500 bucks a pop. Plus, again, the Sony's $1,500 on its own. And of yeah. course, that was the first one to go. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so what, yeah. what, what was the, uh, before we announced the winners, I mean, I, I wasn't there and you and I didn't really get a chance to talk until right now. So, I mean, what was the, what was the vibe during the The vibe giveaway? was real good. Everybody was excited. You know, before the event, weeks before the event. People were asking, all right, let's go all do things over. You had this points race. Where are the standings? When are we going to find out? And right. th- th- there was some anticipation of, you know, those awards. So it was real good. And it was real good to see all those people come out. And a lot of those people drove a lot of miles to be at our events this year. Yeah, big time. Um, and I know that was included in your points calculation. Do you want to explain how that points calculation works real quick? Sure. So I, I didn't really announce at the beginning of the season exactly the breakdown because we had never and you can cheat it well you not, can figure out how how those points operate and you can you can kind yeah, of yeah yes i mean that uh, you know not not to change anybody's position but right. to make sure that it's close because i didn't want it to be a runaway race you know i want to be one of those things where we're within a, as close to margins as we can given the circumstances and promote people to do both mecca and iaska because that's the the biggest thing that I want to see Eschiology be able to do is to bring in people who aren't competing and then get people who are competing one organization or the other to give the other a shot. So a lot of what we did during the year was, you know, in events where we might have the same judges back to back, we'd flip flop the judges. So, and they're all certified, you know, anywhere we flip flop, obviously any mecha judge we have or any ISCA judge we have is certified just by the rules or everything else. But you know, where we had judges that were certified in both, we would flip-flop them. So that way, you know, it wasn't comparing this court. The same the, judge. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah. there was there was as much criteria as we could do. And we're going to do the same thing this year, though I think most of the events we do this coming year are going to be multiple judges events. So we shouldn't have any shortage that way. Essentially, the, the math is really, really simple because I'm not that good at math. We basically take your home zip code to compare to the zip code of wherever the event is being held, take that mileage and divide by 10. If you're, by the way, Google Maps flies, you're 100 miles away from the event, then that's 10 points. And then your Mecca points and your Aska points are straight. If you got a 180 in Iaska and a 68 in Mecca, those Two combined plus ten percent of your one-way mileage is your points. Gotcha. I don't think I even knew how that was really calculated. <laughs> I, I knew all the 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 things that you were calculating mileage and your scores, but I didn't know, you know, the the super mathematical structure thing that you had going on there. So, well, and I I didn't really want any of it to run away. You know, I didn't want it to be where 
you could do just Mecca or just Iaska and not drive or just drive and not have to have point. You know, it's one of those things where you really to get to get everything really want it to where all three work together in relative form. And obviously, you know, there's more Iaska points than there are Mecca points. And I I looked at you know different ways to you know either multiplying the Mecca points or doing it by points. And whether it's a 2x or 3x multiplying it that way or whatever but i am just going with the straight points and actually ended up working out pretty well and in some cases you know the person for example who placed fifth um mario from georgia uh, he you know didn't do mecca at all the events he didn't do all the events but he drove to Aggieland, right. right? He drove to Aggieland, yeah. but he actually did. Uh, yeah, he he did five events. He and the winner um, of the points race were tied there. Speaking of mileage for the season, um, round trip mileage, uh, I have one hundred and fourteen thousand seven hundred and seventy four miles driven. Is that just competitors, or is that competitors and judges? That's just competitors, not including wow. judges. That's awesome. Um, and then another around forty thousand for judges. Wow. Which Tom did the most of. Hey, you're starting to get into the list of people who won stuff here. Let's 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 get onto the uh, the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Tom Tom didn't win anything. He, he oh, just Tom. Got a, nobody likes Tom. Yeah, he just he got a plaque. We're not going to give him anything. That's why we love Tom. And I, I don't, I don't have. It's on his, it's on his certificate. He, he drove a lot of miles. I think it was like seven thousand something. Seven, it was yeah. seven thousand something. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. Um, Travis Chin did his by distance because he flew to the shows that he judged. But he's right. from Washington State. Um, and and even then, by the time he drives to the airport and then driving from the airport to the event and all that, he probably still drove quite a few miles. Right. Um, but you know, his was over ten thousand miles. Um, wow. So yeah, so there were a total of, well, first of all, um, in order to get in the points race, you had to do a minimum of two SQLogy events. Um, so whether that was you know competing in local events or competing in Aggieland or competing in SVR or competing at the hybrid show, you know, any of those, doing two or more of those, any of those events got you into the points race. So just because you competed, which there was, you know, Plenty of people who just competed who did not do more than one event. But regardless um, of those that did two or more Eschology events who were in the points race for 2017, we had 45 competitors in that. Wow, that's cool. Which I was pretty impressed with. Um, yeah. I thought that was really neat that that many people you know made the effort to get out to more than At one. At least a couple of shows, yeah. The, we also had a team points race going on which really there was one that you know kind of took away from just took off from everybody. I mean they were they were all at several events and did really well and that was Sound Team 6 uh based out of Knoxville, Tennessee. Uh the Sound Factory is their store. Um and they're an awesome awesome group of individuals. I mean I, yeah, I think we talked about them plenty and we need to get them on here as well, but um yeah, they've been awesome. Yeah, I, I paid attention to their team quite a bit this year at finals, and just just watching them all interact together. It, it's they were together the whole time, and they were all bouncing in and out of each other's cars, and they were eating together. And it's just it's more than a competition team. They're a, they're a true group of friends who hang out together and and do 
do everything. So it, it's really cool to see them take that prize. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yes, it's neat because, I mean, those who are on manufacturer teams, for example, or even you and I, you know, with Eschiology, we're bound by distance. So we only really see each other at shows. But, right. you know, Sound Team 6 is a regional team. They're, I, I know, think they game. all live, and one of them told me, that every Monday night they get together. I think at Applebee's. Exactly. That's what I was for just, dinner. That's what I was yeah. just getting to. I think. Yeah. I mean, I think the only two people that aren't right there are like Mike, Maddie, and yeah. Shannon Roberts. But yeah. everybody else is right there, and they get together every Monday night. And I mean, it's it's yeah, it's awesome. Um, we had seven members of Sound Team Six were in the points race as well. So I mean, that's seven people who did two or more shows on one yeah. team. So yeah. that's pretty impressive, and they they yeah. far outnumbered anybody else in eighth and ninth place of the points race were Shannon Roberts and Mike Matty, both in sound team six. Mike Myers was in 13th place. Also sound team six. Marsha Beeler was in 20th place. Chris Myers in 21st, which he won the uh, hybrid show in Georgia as well. Everybody loved his car at that event. Yeah. Yeah. It was, I didn't hear it personally, but I mean, there was not a judge there regardless of background that, wasn't like, wow, yep, that one deserved. Charles Haley was in 23rd, which he was runner-up for Bobos this year in Mecca Finals. And he would have had a lot more points, but he he was working on his car really hard at the beginning of the year, so he didn't start competing seriously until about mid-season. And he still came out there. But yeah, they, they had a total of 6,886.7 points. The next closest team, which I won't mention their name... <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> was one thousand eight hundred seventy-one. So um, huge, yeah. That so I mean, they they job, were. Right? It was it as far as the teams go, they were a complete runaway. Um, I would like wow. to, see, you know, it'd be awesome to see that change. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, they they've done really well. They've been awesome supporters of Eschiology. They they always have really good feedback running up to the show, during the show, after the show. They're really good about having useful feedback in order to do whatever we can to make it the best show possible. Yeah. In the actual top 10 in 10th place with 1,087 points was Preston Mural. I believe he's from the Carolinas. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, and then in ninth place with 1,126 points. So what? 30 something point difference. Michael Matty from Kentucky. And then in Eighth place was Shannon Roberts, and he had a 1,160 points. So, again, within 30 points. Uh-huh. In seventh place was Jeff Van Leer from your neck of the woods. I believe he's on Mobile Audio Plus as well. He sure is. Uh, and he had 1,164 points. So, he only had four more points than Shannon Roberts. Wow. Then Mark Ramsey Williams of ISQ. And he was in sixth place with 1,171 points. So seven points difference. Jeez. Um, in fifth place with three more points than Mark was Mario. And he had 1,174 points. And then it jumps up a little bit. 47 points higher than that was Anthony Davis. Um, again, from the Carolinas with... Uh, 1,221 points within five points of him was Mike Young from Pennsylvania with 1,226 points. Um, And then 11 points above him was Steve Wagner from Pennsylvania as well. 
um, and he had 1,237 points. And then it jumps to first place by 240 points, the biggest spread in the top 10, with 1,477 points to Cornell Moody. And so he was the Grand Poobah champion of the points race. And where's he from? He is, oh boy, Virginia, I think. Yeah, I don't know. I honestly have never met him. And I, he was there for the awards, and I said hi, and I gave him his award, and I'd, I'd really like to meet him and hear his car. I've never heard his car either. And I think he was the champion for amateur, if I'm not. Yes, he was. He was Alaska yeah. amateur yeah. champion. Yeah, I'd love to hear his vehicle. Yeah, he's he's a really quiet, laid back dude. It's been awesome to see all these people go through the year. Uh, for example, you know when you know I was actually the first one to judge his vehicle in you know since it had been built in Virginia. By the first couple shows, you know, I didn't even know who he was. And yes, he is. I just checked. He is from Virginia. He's always been really quiet. He was at the he was at the hybrid show in Georgia. Heard a lot of good feedback on his vehicle. Um, if I recall, he did he did pretty well there as well. And then you know, going through the year and got the feedback. He was at SVR. I don't think he did very well at SVR. He had some various issues, uh, but that kind of. So that that probably prompted him to get exactly. it all taken care yeah. of. And that that kind of kicked finals. That kind of yeah. kicked him in the pants, and yeah. uh, so then you know he got everybody involved and really put in the effort to have her, all the ducks lined up in a row and came out with a amateur championship of quite a few people in amateur and in Iaska fifteen finals. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. You're an amateur. Yep. And every one of these been interesting to watch because again you get to see all these these people throughout the year as they grow or, you know, some of them have faded. Some of them have didn't come to finals, you know, and that's when you got 45 different people, you know, just that we were watching in the points race and that, that stuff is going to happen. It's, it was really neat to watch. And I will say in Iaska, every single competitor except for one was at at least one of the big eschatology related events, if not two, if not three, you know, between Aggieland and SVR and the Parkinson's research show in Georgia at hybrid, getting that feedback from multiple high level judges in a similar environment to finals is really important. And the only person on that list that did not, was not at one of those events, hosted in eschatology earlier on. So, I mean, he was still obviously very involved throughout the year with a lot of stuff. Right. You know, he wasn't right. coming in this blind. It wasn't, none of that was an accident. And, you know, nobody who showed up at finals wanted to do a Hail Mary tune. Start from scratch. Yeah, I mean, no, <laughs> yeah, nobody. was pretty prepared. Yeah, nobody showed up to finals trying to pull it from nothing to something and did yeah. well. Um, right. You know, that's a, testament to how well prepared everybody is across the board and it's not something that you can even you know it's not i wouldn't even say it's about having the right tuner i wouldn't even say you know if if you took you know the top three tuners in the nation and you went and flew them around to every single person's car who's competing and had them tune it i still don't think it would make as much of a difference as starting at the beginning of the season in you know february march january whenever this you know whenever the shows around you get going go to every event you can compete in everything you can because the more feedback you get throughout the year the more iteration you make and not big swings in my opinion the better you'll be at the end of the year and you'll have the most refined 
system that's able to take that take the rust on. I totally agree with that. And I, I'm not saying that because we do events at all. It's it doesn't have doesn't have to be our events. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we're, we have. We're, we're a small segment of the right, events that, that right. happens. So, I mean, I yeah, think absolutely. I, I think some of the larger events we're involved with are definitely the most useful in terms of feedback. How they're those, designed. Those events be. where you've got a bunch of judges right. together is, is crucial. Right. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's they're designed that way on purpose. Um, yeah. Because of that feedback element, that's so critical. Again, it, it's just it's obvious that the people who are doing well now got a lot of feedback and they made smaller changes throughout the year. You know, they didn't change all their equipment a week beforehand. They didn't change any equipment a week beforehand. Hopefully it was just a matter of start out and keep plugging. And yeah. you know, it's like the Taurus and the hair. And in this case, the hair usually doesn't consistently win. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, uh, several people came up to me throughout the weekend and it, when I say several, I mean a lot. A lot of people came out to me and saying, "Hey, you know, we've heard about the ecology thing. We we've seen what you're doing. We want to host one." So, uh, you know, I several of them I directed to you, and I, I know that it's just you and I kind of doing this thing with some help from some other folks, and uh, that's kind of a problem we have right now is we can't do everything. I mean, there's all kinds of interest, and we want to keep it up. But it was just cool to get that. And then also a large number of people came up to me and said, when's the next podcast? <laughs> people like this thing. So right now I'm, we haven't done this in a while. And I know you've been busy. I've been busy and it's end of year stuff. And now the season's over. So hopefully we can get some more of these out there. Absolutely. Well, it's, it's funny, too, because um, so many people were like, oh, I really like the ones where you and Ben just talk. And I'm like, really? I, mean, I know, right? I, that, that's <laughs> cool. Listen to us. Yeah. I mean, we barely want to listen to us or each other, but right. Um, but I, I, I think in a way it is good because there's a lot of candid conversation that happens there that yeah. you know wouldn't happen necessarily with a guest or what have you. But we, we've got a lot of different stuff planned for this coming season to answer some questions. There, we're probably going to keep until we can find a really good formula for it because obviously. Like anything, when you have your name attached to it, you want to be the best it can be. And not to say that there isn't a level of trust with everybody, because I do. I, I trust a lot of people in this industry, and I would have any of them do anything and do anything for most of them. But I've always, I've always felt it's better to say no and keep things within a man manageable scope and make it the best it can be. And then when the right door is open, do that versus saying yes to every opportunity it, you you can't take on too much right. i mean it's it just well and and, and we'd love you know, to do everything but as as it evolves and as the right people make themselves apparent then you know i think um it's something that can definitely happen and will be good for everybody yeah. um for now you know and again i'm it really comes down to me when it comes to the events, obviously Tom's been a humongous help throughout the season in doing the events as well. But you know, if he can't make it or you can't make it or what, you know, it ultimately falls on me to be there. On you, yeah. And and by the way, we did not have a plaque for you, but you get the SQologist of the Year award. Nice. I'll, you heard everything. I'll, I'll frame. I'll frame this podcast. There you go. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Wear 
bird on your shoulder. <laughs> well, it, it's been an honor to be, I mean, it's been an honor to be involved and have people want us to do this thing. And it, it's definitely been fun. But again, it's, it's not something, this is not a source of income for yeah, me it, or you or anybody. Yeah, it's it's not our job. Right. Yeah. It costs, if anything, it costs more than it does to, yeah. than it makes. But yeah, you know, something we really want to do because I feel there's a lot of things, you know, we can, we have the right combination of people to do some really awesome stuff. So in that vein, this coming year, definitely cutting back on the more regional, smaller shop shows. I would do those every weekend if I could, but it just isn't feasible for us to do. There are other people that are really good at that. You know, the Schaefer's and Mecca, and there's several Mecca organizers that are, you know, doing Alan, Alan Schaefer. He wants to do, I think I heard him say something like 50 shows next year. Wow. Um, And he's doing several events at, you know, several shops and doing four or five, six events at those shops. That stretches from North Carolina to the Washington, D.C. area to, I mean, some some of the show, you know, shops where we've done shows this year, he's doing shows there this coming year. Um, And then we're also, we're working closely with Howard Cantor and the Red River Shootout in Texas this coming year. Another awesome series. Yeah. So... RRS is going to be linked um, to SQology, and you know we're going to kind of share some of the benefits there. But with Howard there and having a system going, and you know it's very similar in the fact that he's kind of agnostic to Iaska and Mecca there. Um, so what he's doing fits in very well with what we're doing perfectly, and makes it to where. I don't have to go to Texas for, you know, every to keep a series of shows going. Right. He's going to be doing quite a few events, Mecca and Iasco Link in Texas. And we're going to come in in the end of January to help with a Mecca judges training there to try to get some Mecca judges going. Um, that'll also be a um, kind of a Mecca or a judges slash competitor training because I think. You know, some of the stuff we talked about today and obviously to in more detail, I think a lot of people could benefit from understanding how the judging works as well as kind of get a feeling for how to read the score sheet, what the numbers mean, when to ask questions, how, you know, all those kinds of things that are important for the judge and the competitor to understand. Um, we're going to cover there. And we're going to have some really great people doing it. It's it's something kind of an experiment, like everything we do. I mean, we're going. It's going to be a hardcore Mecca judges training. We're going to do everything by the book as far as that goes. But hopefully, we'll be able to present it in a way that's helpful to everybody. And that'll be the last weekend in January. It's on the Mecca schedule already, and working on getting everything else lined out. But it'll be at uh, Soundscape Car Audio uh, awesome. in Carrollton, Texas, in the Dallas area. Very uh, cool. Last weekend in January, and that's that'll also be a 3x Mecca show on that Sunday, and then we'll probably have a 1x Iaska show along alongside. So, cool. Um, that'll be a lot of fun. And then cool. obviously we're doing Aggie Land again. Um, we're going to be stepping things up there. We're going to be doing SVR again, the Steel Valley Regionals, and then of course we're going to do the Research for Parkinson's event at Hybrid in Georgia. And that'll be a very similar show. We actually have more judges tentatively lined up than we did this year. Um, and kind of a, a fresh format there as well. Those three events will kind of be our main focus for the year because there's going to be a lot just tied up in that. Um, we might do another 
regional event in the Philadelphia area in May. Uh, still working out some details for that, but it's it's a, it's an event that's been done before. It's a really great event, great venue. Everybody loves it. So we're hoping to get that kicked back up, kind of like SVR got kicked back up. So we're going to focus on those those big events this coming year. We'll, we might do a couple smaller events if you know schedule allows, and it might be more of a spontaneous thing versus a planned out a year in advance like we did this year. Just so right. we kind of give allowances for everybody in case things change or things pop up. If you like what Eschaeology is doing and you want to get involved with that and you want to get the feedback and everything else, then definitely Aggieland, SVR, and the Parkinson's event in Georgia are going to be the three D three shows to hit this year. Um, what we're going to kind of hopefully going into in the upcoming podcasts is kind of a review of those events that happened this year because we all got really busy and didn't get a chance to review those events in depth and hoping to get some of the people on here to interview that were part of those events and get their perspective and ideas and all that kind of thing. So I think yeah. I'd love to get some feedback from SVR and the hybrid show, especially. Yeah. So and probably Aggie link and get some folks. Absolutely. Yep. So I think, I think there's a lot of, a lot of good stuff there that we can go in depth on that will both give kind of some insight in those events that happened this year and also look forward to those events coming in 2018. That's kind of what we're going to work on here in the coming weeks. And then we'll go from there and follow your guys' feedback on what you want to hear. Man, I think we've covered so much. <laughs> right. I just wanted to, again, thank everybody who's attended our events. I want to thank all of the judges. And I want to thank especially Mecca and Iaska for allowing us to do this with their name on it. Because um, without those organizations, we wouldn't be doing any of this. So Absolutely. Um, I just wanted to put that out there as a thank you to everybody. Agreed completely. All right, man. All well, right. We'll get this done, and I will talk to you soon, sir. All right. See you soon. Thanks. Bye. Bye-bye.